0: 2 Samuel chapter 6. I uh, was trying to help some people understand what's going on in the churches today. They've asked me, two or three have come to me just lately or called me and talked to me about uh, several of the churches having quite a bit of time and especially large churches losing a lot of their members and things. And and, uh, they've asked me, uh, call and ask, preacher. What you think is going on? Well, I want to show you, if I can, tonight from God's word, and uh, beginning in chapter six of Second Samuel. Brother Gibbs, uh, pray for Mrs. Malone, especially. She fell and, and Mrs. Gibbs, she fell and uh, busted her decap today. And Brother Eddie had a procedure done on his heart. So keep those two in mind, especially. But all the rest of them on the prayer sheet also. But tonight, if you would please, Second Samuel chapter 6, and i am begin to read in verse 1. Again David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, thirty thousand. And David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Baal of Judah to bring up from thence the ark of God whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubs. And they set the ark of God upon a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab that was in Gibeah and Uzziah and Ahio the sons of Abinadab drove the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab which was at Gibeah accompanying the ark of God and Ahio Went before the ark. And David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments made of fir wood, even on harps, and on songs, and on timbers, and on cornets, and on cymbals. And when they came to Nathan's threshing floor, Uzziah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzziah. And God smote him there for his error, and there he died by the ark of God. And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzziah. And he called the name of the place, Perez Uzziah, to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him in the city of David. But David carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, I pray tonight that you'll always let the Holy Spirit deal with us beginning with me as a pastor and every member of this church and every other church that is true to you, scripture the Lord, that we would do the work of the Lord like you told us to do it and not like the world says. Blessed now we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I was talking to one particular man about this just the other day, and he was talking about how their church had changed their music, how the the pastor got off of the King James Bible, started using another another version of the Bible, and just several things that uh, he said the church had made a great change. And a lot of people was leaving the church because of those changes. One of the things was that the music began to be loud type of music, worldly type music, but they had the gospel, or, or they had the what they called the gospel music in it. But they was not singing from the hymns anymore or anything like that. So, And uh, he said, what do you think is wrong? Well, I went back, and I can remember, when uh, the church's God was blessing. This is the thing I don't understand. If a pastor starts out building a church, and the people get around him, and the church grows, and he's, he built it on the King James Bible, Why would you change from the King king James Bible to any other Bible then? If God is blessing that. And it's the same way when it comes to the music or anything else. If God is blessing, uh, if you're staying true to the old-fashioned ways that God says, why would you change? And I can remember that when the Lord began to bless, uh, the church that I was at, for instance, we were running... Uh, just a little over 100. I remember when we got saved there, and it just began to grow out of the wall. And within a year, we was running a thousand, and and then when I left there, it was running nearly 3,000. Sometime we'd have 4,000 on in a service. Uh, but they they started building gyms. They started having, uh, what do these women get together and have? Robotic classes? What do you call it? Aerobic classes and all kinds of things, exercise and do all kinds of things, and was bringing in the church. And I said then, and I say it now, that you can't bring the world into the church. The church is still of God. The church is the church of God, if you would please. And I want to show you by David here now. First of all, David knew where the blessings of life come from. he come from the ark of God and having God's blessing on your life. Now, without God's presence, what's the use? What's the use to have a church building? What's the use to have a congregation come? What's the use to meet together and say we're of God without God's presence? You'll never know what true happiness and joy and peace really is without the presence of God. But to get close to God or to have God to bless you, you must do it God's way, not man's way or the world's way. Now remember the the Philistines represents the world, alright, in this story. Now, Again, and the only way to know what God wants us to do is by obeying His Word. You don't listen to the world or the world's crowd. Notice David tried to serve the Lord by doing it the Philistine's way or the world's way. Now, if you go back to 1 Samuel chapter 6, I'll show you what I'm talking about. Just back up a little bit to 1 Samuel chapter 6. And I just would like to read, will you please? And uh, beginning in verse 18, and they of Beth were reaping their wheat harvest in the valley, and they lifted up their eyes and saw the ark, rejoiced to see it. And the cart came to the field of Joshua. Now, if you study this whole chapter, which I won't take time to uh, to show you tonight, but if you study that chapter. The Ark of the Lord was in the country of the Philistines seven months, according to verse 1 of chapter 6. And the Philistines called for the priests, verse 2, and a diviner, saying, What shall we do to the Ark of the Lord? Tell us wherewith we shall send it to its place. Now he's asked in counsel here, the Philistines asked in counsel here of the worldly crowd. And they said, If you send away the Ark of God of Israel, send it not empty, but in any wise return him a trespass offering. Then you shall be healed, and it shall be known to you why his land, hand is not removed from you. Then said they, What shall we do of what shall be the trespass offering which we shall return him? They answered, Five golden emeralds and five golden mice, according to the number of the Lord of the Philistines. For one plague was on you all and on your lord. Wherefore you shall make images of your emirates and images of your mice that mar the land, and you shall give glory unto the God of Israel. Peer bench he will lighten his hand from off you and off your gods and from off your land. Wherefore do you harden your hearts as the Egyptians favored hardened their hearts when he had brought wonderful things? And then verse 7. Now therefore, this is the counsel of the world, now for the church. Now therefore make a new card, and take two milk kine, which there has come no yoke, yoke art and tie the kine to the cart, and bring their cash home from them. And take the ark of the Lord, and lay it upon the cart, and put the jewels and so on, and let go along. Now, get this picture for just a minute. They said, What you do is get two milk kine, get two milk cows, if you would please, that have cash. Take their cash away from them. Now, if those milk cows go along the King's Highway and go take straight down the road, you'll know that it's the Lord. Because you got to remember something. When a cow has a calf, they go to the calf. They take care of the calf. But they would know. Now, that's what the worldly crowd said. Put it on a cart and carry it that way. They're talking about the Ark of God now. Then in turn... Uh, they decided to send the ark away from them, the Philistine did, their priest then tells them the right way to carry the ark was on a new cart drawn by two cows, or new calves, and all of that is taught if you read 1 Samuel chapter 6. Now going back to 2 Samuel chapter 6, David, and you remember who David is now, he's a leader of God's people. He knew the Word of God. Uh, he was the used of God to write the Psalms. Uh, he knew what was right to do. And I wonder sometimes how many uh, people uh, that uh, worship God in so called churches angers the Lord sometimes. I want you to watch verse 6 and 7 of chapter 6. And when they came to Nathan's session for Uzziah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it. For the oxen shook it, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzziah, and God smote him there, his heir, and there he died before the ark. Now here's a strange saying in verse 8, and David was displeased because the Lord. He was blaming God. Now wait a minute. David, you're the one who told him what to do. You're the one that led, led him in error. I want to ask you something. Whose death was Uzziah then on? But wasn't on God, it was on David. Now, notice the point here is this. God cannot bless His work unless it's done according to His Word then. David surely knew God's Word on this matter of moving the ark from place to place. Go back now to Numbers with me. The, the book of Numbers. And chapter 4. And I want to just read one verse. Verse 15. When Aaron and his sons have made an end of covering the sanctuary and all the vessels of the sanctuary as the camp is set forward, after that the sons of Kohath shall come to bury it, but they shall not touch any holy thing lest they die. These things are the burden of the sons of Kohath in the tabernacle of the congregation. You know who was supposed to carry that ark? The Levites or the family descendants of the Levites. They had to be the tribe of the Levites. They were the only ones. The sons of the Koash were the tribe of the Levites. And they were the only ones in the whole bunch of Israelites that were supposed to carry that ark, and they were supposed to carry it upon rods or staffs, carried through rings on the side of the ark, and they were never to touch that ark. Now that's God's way. They were not to physically touch the ark. Now we're living in days when people want to say, preaching three times on Sunday uh, is the old fashioned service, one time's enough. I know so many churches now that's going to one service a day on Sunday. And I don't even have Wednesday night services. Preaching the blood of Jesus Christ alone for salvation of the soul is old fashioned. Uh, Just say some kind words. Say things softly and you won't disturb anyone. You won't make people mad. Or get a band or orchestra. Get the music program lively. And God will bless. And I could go on and on how the world wants to run the church or God's work. Yet notice what God says about His work now. I want you to turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians. Chapter one, and I want to look at uh, verse seventeen. First Corinthians chapter one, verse seventeen. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but as which are saved is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Had not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that is the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign. But the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified under the Jews a stumbling block, under the Greeks foolishness. But to them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. What I'm trying to say here is the same thing that you read throughout the Bible. You go back to 1 Chronicles 15, verse 2, you'll find some similar things that's taught there. God said, "I use the foolish things of the world." Did you know that I'd rather have uh, just somebody that can just play the piano or plays or something and sing for the glory of the Lord than I had a concert one. Uh, what happened years ago? Uh, TV come out, and when you get a TV, you see Hollywood, and you see the very best. You get you show me any country music singer; he's got the best musicians. You see, show me any kind of other uh, recording artists or movie makers; they got the very most beautiful women, the handsomest men. They dress them just right; they look just right on stage, and it's a put-on mess. And then they want to come into the church. And they see some black body like me or somebody playing the piano and can't play just right and sing just right. And they say, well, We got to bring in the outside world that's better than them, and that's what God will bless. No, you he won't. he will bless what God uses. Amen. Now, here's what I want to get to Serving the Lord is God's way all to be in a joyous thing. Notice David was afraid of God on that day. because he did it wrong. Now, let's go back please to 2 Samuel chapter 6 and I want to look at verse 12. 2 Samuel chapter 6 verse 12. I'll get to something in just a minute if you'll stay with me. And it was told King David, See, the Lord has blessed the house of Edom and all that pertaineth to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of over Edom into the city of David with Gladys. And it was so that when they bear the ark of the Lord and gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fathoms. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Years ago, a very good friend of mine invited me to come to his church. And I, I went. And it was a church that I'd always wanted, it was one of those kind that uh, the church was one of the places that I've always wanted to preach. And now he was a pastor of that church. And I was talking to, boy, I'd like to, I'd like to preach here for you one time. Just talking to him in a conversation. And this is what he told me. He said, Pat, Pat, Brother Strong, I can't have just anybody preaching our church. He said, i got to have the big guys. Our our deacons and trustees have said, we got to have uh, the, the big guys to come into our church and preach. Now, can I show you something? Just about two or three years later, he went to church one Sunday morning, and one of the deacons was about a millionaire and changed all the locks on the church, and he didn't have a church to go preach himself. They done got rid of him. Now he's a friend of mine, and I would take nothing in the world for his friendship, but what I'm trying to say is as the church, when he gets to the place that you get professional and not to the place that you want to do it God's way, gotta take his hand over it. Now, doing God's work in God's way always is a joyful thing to do and bring God's blessing. Did you notice what the Bible says here in verse twelve? And it was told David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Oba-Edom. When me and my wife left the church that we started, where well, we got saved at, we didn't know what to do. We went to a little old church, and I never will forget it, just a little old church. We weren't very big, and we visited there. And the pastor knew me. He said, Brother Strong, you preach for us tonight? I said, I sure will. And I got up and preached, and I had two or three saved that night in that church. And we started going there, and the Lord blessed. And I don't know what, six, eight months we were there, weren't there long. We got to lead, go out and knock on doors and lead 200 and something people to the Lord. That church grew out of the wall. That little old church on the side of the road. And that pastor got jealous and worked down the church for the insurance money. And I never will forget. It. We didn't know what in the world we was gonna do. And we started this church and God's blessed ever since. And what I'm trying to say is, on the side of the road a little old church with water running through the what Sunday school class, the roof leaking, we put on a new roof, we did everything at church and God began to bless. God bless the simple things. And so many people were saved in just a little space of time. Now listen very carefully, what David said. And David, and they set the ark of God upon, now let me go back, and David gathered together, I'm sorry, I was looking down for verse 13, and it was so that when they bare the ark of the Lord, the six day he sacrificed the oxen, ox and and David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was girded with the loin, uh, and David and all his house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of trumpets. And as the Lord of the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael Saul's daughter looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. But David brought the ark of God just like God had told him to do, and because it's a joyous thing for men. On now some churches. Our religions don't believe in having any kind of music in the church. But David sure did. Notice, I could give you the names of the churches that don't believe in music. But God does. The Bible says music soothes the soul. The joy of the Lord is our strength. A Christian can put his very heart in a song. Beautiful music, uplifting music, brightens Aids, feelings, and comforts. But God's way is always sweet music. Not a rock band or a screaming and hollering. David played music to King Saul that soothed his spirit. That's God's way. God gives a pattern for anything and everything he wants done. Everything in worship of the Lord is to be done in decency and in order. Now, if God's Word says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. What I'm saying is, don't add to it and don't take from it. Just preach it like it says. Then you best do it God's way. Don't wait for a feeling or lights to flash or some great thing to happen your hair to stand on in. Just believe God. That's God's way. That's simplicity. When you're saved God's way, then rejoice God's way. Don't be an old sourpuss or or pout like God's people sometimes do. Play an instrument for the Lord. If God has given you the talent, sing from the bottom of your heart, whatever the Lord has laid on your heart to do. Don't be like David's wife. Look at verse 20 now in verse 23. Then David returned to bless his house, and Micah, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, how glorious was the king of Israel today, who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaid of his servants, as one of his vain fellows shamelessly uncovered himself. And David said unto Micah, It was before the Lord which chose me before thy father and before all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel, therefore will I play before the Lord. God will not put up with making fun of God's preacher or God's music or God's service. One other thing before I'm finished. Verse 9. Go back now to chapter 6, verse 9. And David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? Now David was afraid of God that day. Did you know what the Bible says? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Uzziah's death was sudden. When we witness or read about someone suddenly dying, no matter what reason, accidentally or shootings or whatever, it should bring us to remember the the certainty of death. Don't wait to get saved then. Don't wait to serve the Lord. It's just that simple. Here's what I'm saying. I believe this. If if the churches of God today would get back to simplicity, preaching the gospel and the music and every other thing, it's a program. Lord, and do it in decency and in order. I believe God had put His hand back on the church and blessed the church. It was asked, I think it was Doctor D. L. Moody. I can't remember which one it was. I was reading his book the other day, anyhow, sermons of his preaching. And they asked him one day, uh, "How do you get your sermons?" And he said, "I make a." a, a I read a portion of Scripture. God bless my heart. I want to bless our people. And He really said, I read a portion of Scripture and I make a beeline for the cross. That's the best advice you could give any young preacher. Every time you preach, make a beeline for the cross. Amen. Just stay right around the cross. In the music, in the service, everything you do for the Lord, stay right around the cross. You can't go wrong. And here's here's the whole secret of it. You can't improve on God's way. Amen. Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Sometime, Lord, we want perfection in Your work. But we have to realize we're not perfect. There's no human being perfect. I'd rather have the blessings on God with imperfection then I had to have perfection without God because there is no such thing. We ask You, dear God, You will bless Your people tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being here tonight.